Welcome to the Counter Culture Marriage Podcast, where husbands love and cherish their wives, wives respect and adore their husbands, and all seek to honor God. This is your comprehensive guide to 21st century rebellion. We are your hosts, Sheldon and Leah Robinson. Today, we have Wesley and Lauren here on the podcast. They also have a surprise guest. They have their sweet daughter. Uh, She is about nine months old now. So if you hear any little giggling or any noises, just know she's having a good time. (laughs) So Wesley and Lauren are high school sweethearts and have been married for four years. They have one little one so far and are active members in their local church. Wesley is an elementary art teacher and Lauren is a stay-at-home mom and they are both passionate about teaching and training the next generation to love Jesus. Thank you guys so much for joining us here tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. Of course. So to jump in, we'd love to hear how did you guys meet and what's your love story? Do you want to start with that one? Yeah. So uh, we met in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, probably sophomore year, but we started really kind of hanging out junior year and then um we I think we started dating our junior year yeah yeah and yeah then... and we dated for way too long <laughs> <laughs> dated for four years mm-hmm. um and then we got married when we were still in college mm-hmm. okay so high yeah. school sweethearts high school sweethearts. yes I'll, I'll I'll ask to fill in some details because listeners okay. want to know all right who okay. liked who first like what was kind All of the yeah 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 uh-huh tell us the goods here <laughs> that is so funny yeah so I definitely liked him first I was mm-hmm. yeah definitely interested and I started kind of like hanging around him at lunchtime and he was just like telling me all about this girl who he was in love with who didn't <laughs> like him back and I was just like oh man you just gotta forget about her. <laughs> That's so terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I, I wore him down, I guess. <laughs> she's like, she's never going to. Yeah. You just got to move. She's coming you. around. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. So, Wesley, we know that you are an elementary art teacher. And I saw Lauren that you used to teach before transitioning into being a stay at home mom. I'd love mm-hmm. to know what drew you both to teaching. Um, well, for me, it was um, my desire to be a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my, my dad passed away when I was seven. And from there on, I, I was like, I, w- I want to be like him. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to be a father. And um, I liked working with kids, too, and in general. And so um, at the end of high school, I hated, I hated school, by the way. I I was not a fan of it. I was not good at reading. And so it was a difficult thing for me. And, but at the end of high school, I was like, who had the, who had the largest impact on my life? Mm -hmm. And it was my dad and my, uh, my teachers and maybe more specifically my, my male teachers, like, Mm -hmm. um, the, the male role model, the male role models in my life had a big, impact on me and so I was wanting to do that mm-hmm. for for kids as well and so that drew me to teaching and I was like well what am I good at I'm not really good at that many things <laughs> I could teach gym maybe or I like art let's do art let's do... yeah you said so. I hate school so I'm gonna go to school every day for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah that's, that's how it yeah for me I I always loved school like first day of school like school shopping like every part of it and then mm-hmm. um I always really enjoyed it and I always loved kids so it seemed like a great fit for me also I always said it was the perfect mom job because you can mm-hmm. When they're at school, you can be at school. And then when they're on break, um, then you're on break. But obviously that didn't, that's not what we ended up doing. But (laughs) I did think it was a a good best of both worlds Mm -hmm. job, at least at the time. Okay. And so did your guys' like love for teaching kind of draw you together in any way? Like was that part of the relationship story? No, I'd say no, just because when we, when we first started dating, you didn't want to be, you didn't want to go to college at all. You were like, nope, I'm out of here the second <laughs> we graduate. Yeah. I'm done. So like maybe yeah. even before I can't wait to get out of here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And at that point I had, I had wanted to be a teacher my whole life, but no, not for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe something 
with kids maybe that might yeah. have been mm -hmm. something that like, makes sense um I came from a large family and so family was really important to me and mm -hmm. I wanted to have a lot of kids yeah um and and I already told you I wanted to be a father and so that yeah. was that was on my heart and she wanted to be a teacher but she also wanted to be a mother yep and so but yeah yeah that's cool well I feel like most of the good guys we hate school so I, I'm, I'm with that's I'm with you on that one. I, it's too long like too many years invested by the time you graduate high school anyways uh-huh you don't use 99.9 percent .9 yeah. of it ever again <laughs> yeah not yeah. practical <laughs> So Lauren, um, as I was scrolling through your social media channels, I was kind of stalking you on social media. You're so funny. <laughs> in your very first post on your channel, yeah. um, in home in apartment three, that in order for you to become a stay-at-home mom, that that meant giving up half of your family's income. Not only mm -hmm. that, but you just mentioned that you'd wanted to be a teacher your whole life. I know that couldn't have been an easy decision. And I'd love to know what led you guys to make the choice to um, have Lauren stay home and be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, it was, I think it was kind of an emotional choice for me, seeing as, like you said, I had always wanted to do that. And um, I was nervous because my parents um, really um, put me through school, basically. I mean, I did a little bit, but financially, my parents really did most of it. And so I was nervous of like, oh, I'm going to let them down if I choose to not, you know, use my degree in this way or whatever. Um, but I think it was, must, must've been, um, the like spring winter semester of 2020 when, so we were both, you know, going through the teacher education program at our university and they were, that's when I started really getting, um, like they were training us to basically make little activists for their secular ideologies. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started to be like really uncomfortable with the idea of public schools personally, um, not teaching them because I'm like, well, I'm an adult. I can choose not right. to teach this to my students. But then mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, well, um, when we send our kids to school, we give the teachers a lot of authority. We're telling our kids, you know, this is an authority in your life. This is someone that you trust. And mm -hmm. um, we really were praying about it and kind of decided then that we didn't feel like we could put mm -hmm. personally our kids in public school. Yeah. Um, and so once we kind of decided that it was pretty I think pretty easy. The decision was just like, nope, that's not what it's going to be like. And we're just mm -hmm. going to all stay home and all homeschool. And I'm, I do love teaching, so I'll get to teach my own kids. And that's, you know, I'll be using my degree, I guess. I know. Yeah. You know <laughs> um, I'll still be a teacher. Yeah. Um, and then last year um, when I was teaching, I think it was just kind of a gift from the Lord that it was really, really hard to be a full-time to work a full-time job and still be a homemaker. It was just, it felt impossible. And I'm, there are women I'm sure who rock it and who can do a great job. That was certainly not me. Um, really struggled um, with like the division of um, roles in our marriage of what it meant for me to be the wife and be a homemaker and what it meant for him for, to be the provider when we were both putting the output of a provider, if that makes any sense. So right. It was just so challenging and that was just kind of a confirmation of like this is really where god has me it it has a negative impact on your marriage when you come home and all you can give to each other is the emotional leftovers of oh, your day yeah. and so absolutely um, it's it just was not ideal and it was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that because especially from a, from a man's perspective, right? Because, um, it's almost expected of us, right? You go out, like work yourself to the bone as long as everybody's kind of taken care of or whatever, but I like the point you just brought up, like there's still that component that there are things that your wife needs, right? Outside of financial provision, right? And, and mm -hmm. like shouldn't yeah. marry a wallet and any guy that yeah. gets treated like that's pretty offended, but yet. I don't know if it's just societal pressure or if it's just like, you know, whatever, right? We kind of end up putting ourselves in that box of, okay, well, as long as I'm providing, everything's going to be okay. And then my family gets the leftovers of, you know, whatever I can yeah. muster up at the end of a long work day or whatever. So that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a pretty important and kind of a, a big point there, especially as a man to be like, hey, look, it's bad enough when it's just a guy. But then we're looking at a yeah. double whammy, right? Like now, right. <laughs> now the wife's kind of getting home. I guess we can get a little bit more into that too, uh, 
a little bit later, but um, excellent points. Excellent points. <laughs> so you guys mentioned that it was a bit of a struggle um, when you first were kind of making that transition or was it the transition? How like you guys have been married for about four years. <laughs> have you always had like this desire to home make like these kind of realizations that you found in your marriage or like what what's kind of the journey to where you guys are today? Hmm. I would say I it's kind of interesting. So I always say I wanted to be a teacher. Um, but my, my mom was a stay at home mom. And so I said, I always like when I was little, I wanted to be a stay at home mom and a teacher. And obviously those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> you can't do both of those, but I have always, you know, loved the, and I love the idea of, you know, being a mom and all of those things. And I think, um, so we got married in 2019 and I, you know, had fun making our home, um, like just decorating it, I guess is the most that I did, but like, that was always, it was exciting for me. Um, cause we had dated for so long. And so to finally, you know, have a home of our own was very exciting. And then when it, um, during like spring, summer of 2020, when we, everybody was home, yeah. um, because of COVID, um, that is when we were really praying through, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to stay home. And then I think that's kind of when things like shifted for me of like my career path changed mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. like, even though I did end up going to teach um it was always like that is going to be a means to an end at that point because before it was like oh I'm just going to teach for the next what 30 40 years and <laughs> whatever um so then it was like nope okay so now I'm going to be a, a full-time homemaker mm -hmm. um and so then I started getting more into yeah I guess more like homemaking things homeschooling things especially during that time when we were all home yeah. I had a lot yeah. more time on my hands to mm -hmm. be you know doing things I started following a lot of um women online who, you know, had the same values that I did and who um, were excelling, you know, lots of women with big families, um, you know, homeschooling their little ones and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of interesting though, because when we were dating, um, so he grew up that way, you know, mom, lovely homemaker, beautiful garden, you know, wonderful cook, makes all of her own medicines, <laughs> you know, like very much like a holistic mama and I was always like that's just not going to be me I don't know I just I want to you know I want this certain life and I want to be a teacher and I'm going to school and I'm not gonna you know waste my degree and I only want you know three kids and blah 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 blah, blah. it's just it's so funny um to look back at that and like I guess just just see how the Lord has sanctified me and not, not that you have to want to have a lot of kids to right. be sanctified but um but just like the the goals that I had for my life and like the reasons for having those goals were just so not um, like after God's heart. And so yeah. it's kind of funny to watch like almost all of the things that I said about his family never moved to his mom <laughs> ever. I love, I love her so much, but like, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It's funny to watch like little by little, each of those boxes <laughs> get texts like, Oh, I do that now. Oh, I do that now. And now I'm like texting her, you know, Oh, she has a fever. What do I do? You know? <laughs> That's so good. And it's, uh, uh, you know, God has a sense of humor, right? Because everybody yeah. does that, right? Like, oh, I'm not doing this. And God's just like, <laughs> watch yourself. Like, you're going to be doing uh, each of those yeah. things. But, but that's so good, too. Um, and you mentioned earlier, kind of when the the uh, pandemic hit the fan, right? Yes. You took a step back and we were like, <laughs> you have to analyze things. Like, that's not an easy, like, for anybody listening, right? And I don't want any of our listeners to be like, oh, you know, homemaking bubble like you don't know where your path is going to take you right mm -hmm. but ultimately when we talk about sort of living life through the the lens and calling what god created us for right for my theological friends out there teleology the study of purpose what does it really mean to actually mm -hmm. be here right mm -hmm. so um so kudos to you because uh, lauren because you just kind of looked at it and was like all right I can see sort of the writing on the wall in the public school system, right? Where mm, mm -hmm. you and your parents have invested all this money and all this time, right? There's a social pressure of, you know, people that you know, maybe even if you're in contact with anybody you went to school with, or it's just a world yeah. of people out there like, hey, yeah. you know, welcome to the 21st century. This is how you're supposed to, to live, blah, 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 blah. There may even be some listeners on this spot and they're listening to this podcast and it's like, you saw the same sort of uh, door closing, right? but you didn't mm -hmm. necessarily want to walk through it because of those pressures, you know, that come along with just living life in the 21st century. Right. So this isn't to like condemn anybody that may have like right. missed the boat kind of, or, yeah. or, or, or sort of thing. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? Like when push comes to shove, yeah. 
outside influences like mm-hmm. it's you and your family like that's all the influence that really matters like mm-hmm. what do you as a couple feel like not what does the world think or, of or, us? Or, or, what, or what does what has god called you to okay. right and let that inform right. what you feel like yeah. you know what i mean or, or even in spite of what you feel like because it would have been yeah to some degree to shut up and keep working like we'll just go along with it and you know I'll, I'll hide this and you know maybe i won't talk about that part and you know you got these crazy like pink-haired co-workers doing god knows what right like mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy out there you know what i mean it's crazy yeah. so like big <laughs> yeah. time kudos like i don't want the listeners to kind of miss that like that's that's a big deal like so many times in our walk with god and yeah. our, our path in life we're we're set with choices right yeah, like mm-hmm. god sets before you you know a couple of different doors and you have to really ground yourself i think before that pressure comes really ground yourself on what's right and what you believe you know what god mm-hmm. says about everything right and it mm-hmm. makes those opportunities a lot simpler, I think. So like major right. kudos there. I don't want to keep going. You're sweet. But, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just think too, I look back and like, I don't, I can't remember. I should remember the verse, like the context, but what, um, what does it say? Like, um, just like the biblical law of reaping and sowing, like God mm-hmm. is not mocked what you reap, you'll sow. And I remember mm-hmm. like in high school and like a little bit into college, I was really influenced by like secular feminism and, mm-hmm. um, the like gender roles, like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, you know, stay home and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And the patriarchy and all this stuff. Right. And I'm like, you know, sowing all these rotten seeds mm-hmm. and then, you know, I'm pumping out this rotten fruit. And so I'm so right. thankful, um, you know, that we um, had godly influences in mm-hmm. our life and mentors that helped mm-hmm. me kind of like yeah. uproot those seeds mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, start planting, you know, good seeds. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you look at it, right? Kind of the first deception uh, of Eve, you know, the serpent comes in the garden, right? And he's like, hey, you can be like God. And she's mm. like, all right, cool. Right. And then mm-hmm. the next deception came in modern in modernity, right? In the form of feminism, like, okay, hey, you can't be God, but you can be a man. Mm-hmm. And now it's full circle back to this goddess sort of, you know, <laughs> boss babe, you know what I mean? Kind um. of uh selfish narcissistic kind of screw the world i'm just gonna do whatever i want to do and it's like that road is so short and the end Mm -hmm. is so barren and just Mm -hmm. deadly and so like to be able to see that i guess we can kind of get in the to because you know i didn't even really think about that listening to you guys' story but like the going through college right whether it's a major Mm -hmm. university or Mm -hmm. whatever there are so many anti-christ seeds that kind of get yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even say like spread out, but it's like a, a baptism of like, mm-hmm. I, I think I saw like these TikTok videos of like uh, people's daughters coming home from college after the first year. And it's like these beautiful young ladies. And then like the mm-hmm. second picture is like shaved head, like tatted up, mm-hmm. piercings everywhere and everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you guys are thinking this is like, this is just how it is. Like there's a spirit behind this stuff. Nothing like, nothing like too crazy, but like, mm-hmm. so, so no, kind of talk about if you, if you guys could, like some of the... Uh, some of the struggles and kind of what what kept you kind of on the way because i think you know and, and wesley we were talking about this before we even started recording um you know the decline of the sort of evangelical churches and everything but i think it's upwards of 90 something percent of christians that go to college mm-hmm. never return to a church mm-hmm. so like talk mm-hmm. about some of like what kept you guys like what what was the key for you guys that kind of kept you like mm-hmm. plugged into the godliness and like what god had mm-hmm. for you um, I would say one thing is, uh, godly parents. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. huge. her, her parents were profound examples of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I would say my parents were examples of obedience to mm-hmm. going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, for me early on, uh, in college, it was apologetics. Oh, I, yeah. I found an apologetics club uh, on campus and I made friends there and learned a lot of the defenses against these things. Mm -hmm. And they told me to come with questions. And the first night I came with a bunch of questions Mm -hmm. and had all of them answered satisfactorily. Not all of them were like black and white. Some of them were like, here's, here's, a few different explanations this is the one that i find to be most compelling Mm -hmm. and that that helped me walk into class and be like okay well 
I'm seeing the ideology or the almost religion right that is coming at me um right you're so right and so that was I think a large part for me um and actually I met one of my mentors there um Mm -hmm. the church that he went to is the church we go to Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah that that would be at least for me Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think I struggled with it a lot more than you did mm-hmm. um, in the sense of, and I think this comes back to the authority thing that we were talking about of like, well, I trust my teachers. I'm paying them right. a lot of money. Why would they right. lie to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was something that I really was like grap- grappling with. I think especially when um, some of the ideas are more like underlying, maybe they're mm-hmm. not so in your face. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that is a, a blessing at this point that that things are becoming so much more obvious because mm-hmm. now parents at least know right <laughs> know right. what what's going on and I think that what do they say like the closer a lie is to the truth the harder it is to tell that it's a lie mm-hmm. um and so I think for me um I'm so thankful for him and we would get in fights arguments mm-hmm. and I'd be like well, my professor said this my professor said this mm-hmm. and he would say like oh but Lauren like let's look at the data and I don't care what the data says. <laughs> <laughs> you know and I was like one of those mm-hmm. like I mean, I never, you know, shaved my head and, and yeah. I would have always considered myself a Christ follower. Um, but I just really was not having any, any fruit yeah. with that. And I think that's honestly not to be too like stereotypical, but I think that is like kind of common. You talked about like sending your daughters off, like women, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm an emotional person. Women are, mm-hmm. you know, generally mm-hmm. emotional beings. And so a lot of these things do play at your emotions. Like mm-hmm. this is the compassionate thing right. to think this. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of played, played that um, on me. And so I think um, having him and being very committed to my relationship with him and with Christ um, and then just like the work of the Holy spirit, I don't know what it was. I think maybe it was just that it, they started telling me so much more obvious. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to tell a, a child mommy and daddy didn't know what gender you were mm-hmm. they guessed and yeah, someday even, you'll find as young truth. as like six years old yeah and so like that to me is such a bold-faced lie of like you know like our pastor says like such a bold-faced lie in the twisting of like the the genius of god right. and his amazing mm-hmm. work of man and woman like it's mm-hmm. such a it just flies so straight in the face of right. that mm-hmm. that it was easier for me to say like whoa okay mm-hmm. I know that that's not true. And then I don't know what it was, I guess, again, other than just the Holy Spirit that was just like, like revealing to me, oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. After I found that lie, we just started, I just started uncovering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you had mentioned that you had started following a lot of other um, women online who kind of had the same um, ideals Mm -hmm. that you have now. And you guys have mentioned a lot about role models in your guys' lives. Mm-hmm. And I know it's really hard for our generation because we're kind of made to think that like that's outdated. Uh, the people who are older than us, like don't be a 1950s wife and all that. Can you guys talk to us a little bit about the role models that you've had in your lives and like how you allowed them to speak into your lives or let them speak into your lives? That's mm-hmm. right. Um, so, um, I actually had, I feel like, uh, a larger lack of role models in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. like for a long time, it was my late father. Like I kept looking to him as my role model, even though he wasn't there to show me things and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my older brothers were role models to me, but um, you know, th- they had different types of passions that weren't always like leading me to right. God's heart, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so, um, and that that's, you know, I feel like a lot of people, it's like, I love sports or I love video games or I love knitting or, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. so, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it, for me, it was my father. And then at a certain point it, with apologetics, it was, like certain apologists online it was like okay they, i see how they interact with people and i want to kind of re- reflect how i live kind of like them which mm-hmm. actually was not probably what they intended 
because they probably were wanting me to say, oh, I want to live more like Christ. But a lot of times <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to live more like them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I later started to realize that. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I got a lot of my mentors and role models much later in life, like mm -hmm. probably within the past five years yeah. or th mm -hmm. so. Um, and then teachers, obviously, teachers mm -hmm. who who were, you know, people who after God's own heart. I, mm -hmm. I would. Yeah. Um, and then Lauren's parents, too. They were mm -hmm. like examples of prayer, like I said. And so mm -hmm. um, that was that was really good, too. Yeah. Um, for me, I just think of like my first like mentor that I had was in high school um, and she was my small group leader and I was not saved at that time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I'm sure she did, um, <laughs> um, but I just remember her just being so patient, so kind, and like living by such example, and not and not correcting me on every single little thing yeah. that I did wrong, which I'm sure was so hard for her. <laughs> um, but I, I remember even like when I was interested in dating Wesley, I was a very much like a controlling mm -hmm. woman, yeah. and that's still something that I struggle with. But very much like taking charge, like I'm not going to wait for someone to pursue me like no and so I remember her saying like Lauren if he is a godly man he will not be interested in you if you are so like brash and you know whatever and I remember just trying so hard to be patient and I look back on that and I'm I wonder like had she not like coached me yeah through that if I really would have turned him away um so she was definitely one in my life and um, I remember too, like, as I was, you know, dating, you know, guys who were not that great to me or, um, who did not love, love Christ. I just remember her just always pointing me to the heart of Christ. And even when a good man did come along, um, I remember she, she made me this little bracelet with a key. It had like a little key on it. And it said, um, to always remember that, um, to give Jesus the key to your heart, that he is, you know, he's the King of your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, not, you know, not a man. And so I, I liked that too. Mm -hmm. Um, to always put my worth in Christ, you know? Yeah. Um, and then now, um, at our church that we go to, that we've been attending for almost three years now, the focus is really strong on discipleship. And I think that's mm -hmm. where a lot of our talk about mentoring and yeah. things come in. Um, and they have, um, a great, I don't want to say program, but I guess kind of program to hook, like to set people up in intentional groups of small groups of women or men, mm -hmm. either one-on-one -on -one or like two-on-one -on -one kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just like a little more intimate than a small group where yeah. you can really like share your life with that person. And it kind of, at least for the women follows that like Titus two model of like the older mm -hmm. teaching the younger. It's so, like right now I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a, what they call a micro group with a, a girl who's, who's about my age, a couple of years younger. And then a woman who's about 30 years older than us. And then a woman who's about 45 years older than us. Mm -hmm. So we have, you know, like the, you know, we have one right. who's like, you know, maybe our grandma's age and then our mom's age. And um, that's just been so fruitful mm -hmm. of women, you know, who have been there um, already in that season to be able to um, give us counsel. But also I just love to not to be afraid to tell us when we're wrong right. and to, to challenge us and correct us. You know, it's like, one of those things where I can bring to her like, oh, well, I'm having this conflict with my husband and not, you know, a gossipy way or not a way that's bringing my husband down. And, and they'll say, you know, Lauren, I think you're being prideful and you need to apologize, you know, um, <laughs> things like that, that um, I feel like doesn't happen. Even in Christian circles, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, girl, yeah, what a jerk. Mm -hmm. You need to, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't have, um, they don't always have um, your true best interests at heart. So I'm so thankful for people who love me enough to tell me when right. I'm wrong. That's so that good. was kind of long-winded. Sorry. No, you're, you're, you're good. It's a podcast. They're here to listen. So, yeah. um, mm -hmm. but that, that's such a good point too. I think a lot of times churches kind of tend to emphasize like the Sunday service, mm -hmm. right? And it's yeah. Like, Sunday service is important. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but there's like 165 other hours <laughs> of the week. Right. Yeah. And when I think yeah. back on in my own life, yeah. when I've seen the, the, the most growth and the most change, you know, toward godliness, it was when I was in direct contact with a mentor. Yeah. And so that discipleship outside of your, 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 you know, your, your midweek Bible study and your Sunday service, yeah. you know, two, three, however many you have or whatever, but that, that one-on-one -on -one and that like intentional discipleship is so important. And I think so many young people miss out on that. And that's probably a big reason why we lose 
a whole lot of <laughs> yeah. not having that person to come alongside and kind of take you by the hand and, and, and show yeah. you what's, you know, so that's absolutely. Yeah. Our pastor says you need a, what does he say? You need a Paul, you need a Barnabas and you need a Timothy. So you've mm-hmm. got someone above you, someone <laughs> beside you and someone that not you're, disciple. yeah. That's so good. Wow. That's good. I like, I'm stealing that. Holy yeah. Fuck. And I, I, what kind of going off of what you're saying, Sheldon, um, and the acts model of the church they were meeting mm-hmm. daily yeah. with each other having meals with each other oh, daily yeah. and maybe that's not necessarily possible with each other now um i mean i think maybe it is but um or for some of us it is but um i think it's just kind of sad that that's not the case anymore yeah. i i remember when we were working um, or teaching when we were both teaching, mm-hmm. a lot of our colleagues kept asking us, when are you going to move down here? Because we had an hour commute. And yeah. So two were, hours each day we were, they were saying, you know, when are you going to move down here? And we said, probably not because we were living <laughs> about five minutes from church. Yeah. And that's where we live right now is five minutes from church. And, mm-hmm. and we're like, we're probably not, we're, we're five minutes from our church. And, and they're like, but you only go to church one day a week. And you know, you go to, you know, you go to teach five days a week. And we're like, well, we hang out with our, our church, like a lot more than one day. A week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So it's like, we, we see them on Sunday. Yes. But then I play pickleball with my mentor, like four times a week. And I, you know, yeah. see them on for a book study group and, and yeah. do book study. It's like, I, I'm Pizza not at the park. Yeah. I'm not just seeing them on Sunday. And if that's right. the case for you, maybe you should reconsider and see them more throughout the week. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the difference between like attending a social club or attending mm-hmm. a church versus being a part of the local body. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. So good. Wow. So good. This one's going to be full of all kinds of gems. I can just see it. Now. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Go ahead. If you had another question. No, I was just thinking, um, cause you had mentioned being like the church of acts there with each other every day. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking like the impact, the difference in so many Christians lives, mm-hmm. if we spent that daily time with our brothers and mm-hmm. sisters in Christ, instead of mm-hmm. on the phone. Oh, oh yeah. you're yeah. so right. What Ooh, a there difference it is. that would make. Mm-hmm. You're so right. That's mm-hmm. so good. I just saw something and it's very, like, it makes, it's intuitive. Like if you spend yeah. two hours a day on your phone a month, that's 60 hours. Um, or yeah, two hours a day on your phone for mm-hmm. about the 60 hours. Yep. It's like, what could you do with 60 hours? 60 hours. Like mm-hmm. you could read a lot of books. You could see a lot of friends <laughs> and or call yeah. a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. like we have more time, I think, than we like to oh, admit absolutely. that we do. Absolutely. I just, I just saw a post this morning somewhere I was talking about, uh, they were complaining about a 40 hour work week. And I was like, yeah. like, there's no time to relax and do all this. I'm like, if you can't manage the other 128 hours that you have in a yeah. week to like get stuff done and relax, like the problem isn't you're working too much. Like, <laughs> like I was right. like I've spent the, probably the majority of my adulthood at this mm-hmm. point working close to 75 hours. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like like 40 hours is a vacation to me. Like yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, but it's 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 interesting. It's yeah. Interesting. Once you get once you're nearing 70, that's that's yeah. pretty yeah quite a lot of hours. that's hardcore. It's, 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and not only what can you do with your time but the kind of influence that you're going to mm-hmm. have over your life because there's uh-huh. there's all kinds on social media like mm-hmm. even if you follow just very conservative people there's going to be things that pop up on your mm-hmm. news feed that you are absorbing mm-hmm. and if we oh, were yeah. able to just remove that and just em- yeah. embrace not embrace uh mm-hmm. surround ourselves mm-hmm. just with good godly influences like that would just mm-hmm. be so uplifting it's a game changer it's a game mm-hmm. changer. Absolutely. absolutely yeah we're we were not meant to like i always say like no 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 man is an island like you're not meant to right. just exist in mm-hmm. like yeah. solitude you know what i mean like absolutely. god set us up as social beings for a reason like we need each other yeah you know it's like mm-hmm. even during the, the lockdowns people are like, just getting sick you know not even from covid but it's yeah. like yeah you're you need the immunity just the immunity like god mm-hmm. set it up this way like we're meant to be like hey yeah. like, i'm a touchy feely guy like uh, like i need it. <laughs> like, it like that was the hardest part of lockdowns like not getting to hug people i'm just like i just I'm like i need to uh-huh. hug <laughs> like i'm gonna hug a stranger <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, you probably like pepper spray or 
shirt or something. <laughs> Worth it. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's so good though. It's so good. So yeah, and if, if you don't if you don't like relationships, then you know you're probably not gonna like heaven. It's exactly right. <laughs> so we talked a lot about kind of the before you became a homemaker, and mm-hmm. I'd love to hear kind of what's what's it done for you guys in your marriage since Lauren has come home and she has devoted more of her time into the home and connecting with you Wesley like what what kind of impact does that have on your guys's marriage well I would say that it's it's made our home feel like a home instead of like a crash site um where you know you you both are working and you both go home tired right and you're both just you know you're you're just trying to decompress and actually what happened a lot for us when we were both teaching is we would come home and you know escapism tv we would mm-hmm. escape mm-hmm. and then go to bed having not connected with each other because mm-hmm. we were exhausted mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah. i i don't know if this is the case for you Sheldon. i i guess i don't i don't know what you do as a job but like i'm almost energized to come home to mm-hmm. both of them you know like mm-hmm. lauren and ellie it's like i'm i'm interested I, mm-hmm. i'm like excited to be home uh-huh. like i get a, a, almost like a, a new boost of energy to be mm-hmm. here with, mm-hmm. with them as i'm coming home and you know she does make it exciting because she has ellie in the window and she's like <laughs> ellie's like banging on the window <laughs> i love it yep yep so yeah, I mean, it's a party when dad comes home. It's a, it's a hero's welcome, right? It's a hero's yes, welcome. Yes, it is. Oh, my word, it is. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel that. Yeah. 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 What I think, too, it might be, like, my situation might be a little unique in the sense that I was, so I was a teacher, and I had, um, I taught 21 four- and five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I had help. A lot of times I had help. But a lot of times I didn't. And yeah. so that's, like, a very high emotional job. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it was like, I love, I-, I loved what I did. I loved those kids. I still love those kids. I think about them all the yeah. time, but I'm just like pouring, you know, love into these kids. And, um, like the school district that I was in, um, a, a lot of them, you know, didn't have two parent households. So there was some emotional stress and things going on with the kids. So I would just, you know, pour all day long to try and give these kids what they deserve. And I kept saying, right. I feel like I can't, give them an, enough and I can't give my husband enough. Like I felt like I was right. falling short all the time because yeah. I couldn't give them what they needed and I couldn't give him what they he needed. So by the time I get home, even if I wasn't, I mean, I was always like physically tired. I just emotionally, like I didn't have right. much left. So now having all of that, that stress gone, um, cause unfortunately, I mean, like I had kids that I, you know, I would send home on the bus and I would be, you know, worried like, what are they going to eat this weekend? And like, mm-hmm. you know, things like, are they going to, you know, have a warm place to stay? And yeah. um, I'm so thankful that there are teachers out there that are worrying still about those kids, right. but it was just like, a, it just took a toll, I think. Um, and so now like not having that, um, I just feel like not also being like, I was in a state of like constant overwhelm. Mm. And so now not having that, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for you, but I feel like I'm a lot more of a pleasant person to be around. Mm-hmm. She is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, yeah. So I feel like I'm able to give that love to him and to my home that I wasn't able to before. Um, yeah. I feel like it's done a lot for a marriage because constant stress is not good for anybody. Good and then, yeah, you just put it, it just, it just takes a toll on your marriage. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, I think what happens is we, pay attention to the things that have immediate consequences. Like, okay, I need to do this lesson or I need to do this thing or it's going to be late tomorrow. But then like, what am I sacrificing? I'm sacrificing the quality time with my husband, but that's not, that is not going to have an immediate consequence. Right. You know, that's like future Mm -hmm. Lauren's problem. So we, you know, we just kept, you know, you just kind of keep kicking things down the line. And then, so I'm really thankful um, that that didn't go for too long um, before I was able to stay home. Mm-hmm. And that's so many gems. Just like I don't want to keep you guys all night, but so many gems and just that, like, just that little bit. Because as marriage coaches, we deal with, um, I'll just talk about men in particular right now, Wesley, of like the guy that comes home and doesn't want to be there, 
right? Mm. There's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. there, but they do things yeah. like they say, maybe you're listening to this podcast and they're like, what's he talking about? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe this for you. You get home and you're in the driveway and you're sitting in your car for 15, 20 minutes mm. because you just don't have the energy for the next battle, right? Yeah. You got off work, you're tired, and there's no peace in your home, right? Mm-hmm. Or the guy that comes through the door and the first thing he does is make a beeline for the can where he's going to be mm-hmm. for the next 50 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And their wives are frustrated with him and it's all this other stuff going on. It's like, guys do that when there's no peace. When they don't, when they don't feel like they have that peace, that that oasis that they can escape to, I call it man caving. Man cave moments, right? He man caves. It might just be watching the TV, the, you know, the idiot box. Just uh, can't have to think about anything. Like brainwash me, please, right? Mm-hmm. But that dynamic of having an intentional wife who's there, mm-hmm. and I get not every woman can quit her job uh, currently because they haven't thought about it. All right. I, I think more people than not can actually leave leave their jobs and they can be okay. They just may not be able to keep up with their favorite, you know, Instagram couples. But um having a wife that's home and that's intentionally gonna make it a home <laughs> for her husband is so important. And I think it's so missed out on because in the culture, there's not a lot of talk about what men need yeah. out of marriage. They talk about what guys yeah. want, like, oh yeah, you know, a good time in the bedroom and a good plate of food. <laughs> yeah. It's like mm-hmm. men are so much more complicated than that. Yeah. And when, when his wife is intentional about the ministry of being a wife, mm-hmm. it makes all the difference in the husband. The husband wants to get home. Just like just like you're just saying, Wes, that's perfect. Like let that be an example for anybody listening to this podcast is like, well, what is it really going to do? Like having that intentional marriage changes everything, I think. <laughs> the attitudes, the actions, right? And then that frees Wesley up to be a better father, to be present. You know what I mean? To meet Lauren's needs, <laughs> you know, because he's energized to be home. Like, yeah. he's got a home to come home to. So, like, yeah. that's so, like that's so much gems there, like, <laughs> and just, <laughs> just that, like, and, and, and I do think, unfairly, a lot of women take on the burden of, you know, they're no longer, you know, you can talk about it. I don't want to get too far off track, but, like, raised to be wives right we kind of raise girls now to be independent to be yeah. men light right like be independent you need you know you need your own money you need your degrees and blah blah yeah. blah, blah blah and it's like that's teaching from a position of fear i think mm-hmm. they don't necessarily trust mm-hmm. that there will be a husband a provider male to take care of mm-hmm. a godly man to take care of their daughter so like you got to get your own and don't count on anybody and it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. how god like interdependence is the highest existence not independence independence is of scarcity and lack right dependence mm-hmm. is also mm-hmm. lack and scarcity but that interdependence of and, and even faith you can call it faith right like you're going to find somebody that's godly to take care of you i'm going to show mm-hmm. you how to be a wife i'm going to show you how to minister to a man how to treat a man like what your husband's going to need from you like that's such such a gap there and so it's yeah. pretty cool that it's like through your ment- your mentors or and everything like you're able to figure this out and like get some clues yeah. and like hey here's what you need to do and like see, see that transformation in your own home like that's that's so cool so cool yeah <laughs> i also see like for a bunny trail i also see the difference of like when we first got married mm-hmm. falling into the like mom role versus the wife mm-hmm. role and feeling like if he did mm-hmm. anything different or anything wrong mm-hmm. in my opinion of course that yeah. it needed to like be corrected right away Mm-hmm. or um and like not letting things go and that has made a big difference too yeah that whole mom versus wife thing that's really big. yes <laughs> yeah we just we actually just talked about that did we talk about that in the last podcast maybe not but yeah it was, it was one of the it was one of the deals we were maybe it was just us talking but yeah that's that's a huge <laughs> so um lauren i'd love to hear more about your homemaking channel on instagram what led you to start home in apartment three so um when i was home because when we were home for covid i actually wasn't home for very long because the boys that i nanny for their parents ended up being like essential workers. Uh, so I was able to go, I was permitted to leave my home to go, <laughs> to go watch them. Um, but when I was home for that little bit of time, that's when I started really following a lot of those like homemaking women. And I just got kind of excited to start doing some of those own things myself. So I like, you know, bought some plants and <laughs> tried, you know, sourdough or whatever. And um, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to like document what I was doing. And then I went back to work and all my plants died and I was like, okay, maybe this is just for a different time, a different season. And so then finally, um, this past like November, December, um, I had been home for a little bit. Um, 
was kind of starting to get the hang of, you know, being a mom to a little one, you know, as much as I could have been. And then um, I was thinking like, oh, it might be kind of fun to start that back up again. Um, especially I feel like I've been given so much like wisdom and encouragement again, like not from, not from me. I feel like I'm just like a, like a really just a good messenger because I just like, yeah. I get so many things and I'm like, wow, like that's so good. I have to tell someone. Um, <laughs> and then also um, just like for something down the line, I saw something about like doing content marketing is like, might be a good, like stay at home mom kind of, you know, way to bring in some extra income. And so I um, thought it might be kind of fun to try that. Although I will say, Wesley was always very clear of like, you are welcome to do that. But like, you are not like, there's no pressure of any, you know, income coming from you. So if you do decide mm -hmm. that you want to, you know, make an ebook someday about whatever it is and sell it, like, that's awesome. And I'm here to support you. But like, there's never like, if this doesn't bring us any pennies, like, <laughs> I just want you to, you know, that's totally fine. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. Very cool. And I love that. Um, I love that you just made it very clear that there's no pressure on Lauren to have to provide through this and that it can clearly just be an outlet to share with other women the things that you've learned. I think that's really awesome. What would be, what's your biggest marriage tip that you'd pass along to a couple mm. just getting started that wants to create a healthy, thriving, Christ-centered marriage? You wanna? Um, so the idea is, I, I would say, um, to surround yourselves with biblically gospel-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the tip would be find a gospel preaching, mm -hmm. biblical, church to get involved in yeah. and by get involved in i would mean not attend i mean yes you attend it you mm -hmm. attend the sunday thing but mm -hmm. you try to be involved with the members there mm -hmm. daily almost mm -hmm. yeah um like serve be hospitable invite old people to your house yeah <laughs> yeah older people yeah Old um, people are great. Yes, they they're are. fun to talk to. They are. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that is something our generation has kind of missed out on because Absolutely. you grow up in school where you're like, you're not allowed to be in any other classes but people with your age, and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, and then you're like, don't talk except for talk to them at recess, and then you're like, yeah. okay, and right. so you like grow up only being like, oh, are you my age? Yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm two years older. Oh, okay, well then I'll. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Like, yeah, I haven't thought about that, but that's so you true. You can't, you can't like communicate with anybody besides your peers at that point. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. like, I think that's, I don't know, something lost is yeah. intergenerational, Absolutely. like dialogue and the sharing of wisdom that you learn mm -hmm. from. And even you can learn things from younger people too. I mean, mm -hmm. my my mentor keeps saying, I'm learning stuff from you. Oh, he's so like, sweet. Oh, come on. You're learning stuff. He's like, no. Dr. Bill. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Bill. Or <laughs> stuff. That's um, so funny. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like marriage is such a beautiful picture, you know, of like Christ and his bride. And that's so wonderful. Um, but I think Americans can be like very like individualistic, like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, myself and my marriage and my family. And I just feel like they're, when you focus so much on that, you can miss out on so much of like the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at least in our, in our situation, in terms of like focusing on our marriage, I feel like the more that we have been involved in the local church, had great disciple, um, people disciple us we like Christ has been sanctifying us and then our marriage like gets better as a byproduct mm -hmm. rather than like, Oh, read this marriage book and make right. sure, you know, you go on two dates a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like those are awesome things and we should go on more dates um, <laughs> to be fair. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. like, I feel like that has been like a really great way to grow um, mm -hmm. as the Lord. Yeah. Just sanctifies us. Our marriage gets better. And just to be clear, like our marriage is wonderful but not perfect like oh, we we yeah. have lots to grow <laughs> we have lots of ways to grow and so mm -hmm. it's that is just what has seemed to be helping us it like mm -hmm. being involved in a church has like expedited I feel like our growth in Christ and I don't know it's, it's made us 
different people. Like yeah, oh for sure. Like yep. yeah, a better friend, a better wife, a better mom, a better all of the above. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. Oh my. Goodness. I mean, I always have something to say, but just for the sake of time, I'm gonna not at this moment. But wonderfully said. Wonderfully said, you guys. Like true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have gleaned so much from you guys today. This has been an amazing interview. Um, Lauren, I'd love to know what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you if they have questions or just would like to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me, like you said, on Instagram at home and apartment three. And I'm I'm on there um not too much. Actually, <laughs> I had Wesley, this is silly but like um I had him set a password for me so I don't go in there too much um because it can be tempting as we were talking about to just go and like get those dopamine hits by just scrolling and whatever um but anyway so I'm on Instagram and I I'm quick at answering dms or whatever it might be so that's where you can find me I love that accountability that is Mm -hmm. so cute (laughs) yes it's so ridiculous because you can set it up where like oh you know I have this amount of time and I would just hit ignore all day like it was just like a (laughs) ignore all day ignore all day and I was like oh my word I have a problem and so yeah I had him set up a a password for me so I don't go over my time yeah I love that I absolutely love that well, you guys, thank you again so much for being on the podcast with us. So good to meet you guys. And I feel like it, it's yes. really good to meet you guys. I, I think fun. you guys have a, this, this will be a very helpful podcast or like this mission that you have. I yeah. Feel like will be it's really so good needed for people. Um, yeah. And it's so wonderful to connect with like-minded uh, believers and like what an amazing mm-hmm. gift technology can be mm-hmm. oh yeah seriously Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. well thank you everybody for listening we will have lauren's um instagram handle linked in the description below so be sure to check out her ig very awesome i am a follower i love her stuff. <laughs> so again thank you guys all for listening and we will see you on the next episode